Our hymn that we will be studying this morning is Be Thou My Vision. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun for me over the last few weeks going over the Christmas hymns. Uh, I like Christmas music. I sing Christmas music all year long. I don't wait for Christmas time. Um, but I understand sometimes people grow tired of it. And, and I understand that. But there's so many great hymns in, in, in our hymnal. Uh, it's, so it, it's not a problem to me because I'm just as excited about this hymn this morning as I am about all the Christmas hymns that we've done the last couple of weeks. Uh, today's hymn, Be Thou My Vision, is a, a beautiful song. Uh, I really like this hymn. The music is, is nice to it and the words are just wonderful. Uh, I picked this hymn more, uh, not just because I like it, uh, that is one reason I, I probably won't pick a hymn I don't like, uh, but uh, I do like this one. But I picked it more because we're getting ready to start a new year. And with uh, this new year, my prayer for all of us is that we do make God our vision for this next year. Uh, people will have many goals for the next year. Uh, I hope that our goals revolve around God and God's plan. And, and we make being close to God and obedient to God and serving God, hopefully we make that one of our biggest goals for next year. Now we'll get into all of that with the spiritual message in this hymn. But first I want to look at the history of the hymn. Uh, and I do want to start with reading the hymn first. So if you want to turn to 849 in your blue hymnal there, and we'll take a look at Be Thou My Vision. All right, 849. You can follow along as I read through these words to this hymn. It says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word, I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou, my great Father, I thy true Son, though thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou, mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Now, uh, looking at the history of this hymn, uh, we'll start with the history of the text here. Uh, as you can see in the corner of the hymnal there, uh, for the text, uh, it does not have a name written there. There's uh, no person's name. This was another hymn that was written anonymously. Uh, this is uh, another situation where someone wrote it and, and didn't sign their name to it. And it was written a long time ago, so we can't really figure out who did it. Uh, but this anonymous author must have had a high regard for God. Uh, we see many titles given to God in this hymn. Uh, he calls, uh, the writer calls God Lord. Best thought, wisdom, word, great father, high king, treasure, son, ruler, heart, and vision in this song. Uh, the author, I would assume, must have had a very close 
relationship with God uh, and loved God very much to assign God these titles uh, and have text that is just completely devoted to God like this hymn is. Uh, once again, we don't know anything specific about the history of the author, but we do know a little bit about where the text came from. Uh, Be Thou My Vision is an old Irish text. You can see there it says Irish hymn, 8th century on the hymnal there. Uh, so this dates all the way back to the 8th century. Uh, there is some debate on who wrote it. There are some theories there. Uh, it, it's impossible to know if any of them are correct, though. Uh, but some even claim that it was written as early as the 600s, uh, which would make it a very old uh, text there. Uh, even though there's debate on who wrote it and when it was written, one thing is in common in all of the suggested histories of this text, uh, and that is that it was written as a poem. Uh, when it was originally wrote, written, this was a poem. Uh, the author did not specifically sit down to, to set out to write a song. Um, it was just simply writing their feelings towards God in poem form. Uh, this is about all we can know for sure about the author and the history of the text. But we do know who translated this hymn. Uh, so let's take a look quickly at the history of the translation of Be Thou My Vision. Now, in the 8th century uh, in Ireland, they would be using a language considered to be Old Irish. Uh, this is not just English with an accent. Um, this is an actual foreign language to us. Uh, this language is not used really uh, anymore, even in Ireland. The Irish language has changed a lot through the years, and it's had different forms, uh, starting with the primitive Irish, which was back in the 400s. Uh, then they uh, switched, and it just modified through the years uh, to what they call the Old Irish uh, in the 500 to 900 year range. Then they morphed it again into Middle Irish, which would be 900 to 1200. Then they had early modern Irish, which was 1200 to 1800. And then they have the modern Irish, which is what they speak today, which is pretty much mostly English at this point. Uh, and that started around the 1800s through now. Uh, so uh, sometime in the 1800s, the government there uh, started to push more English into the school systems. And through the years, and, and even really somewhat before that, uh, the original Irish language sort of just kind of got lost and it just kind of morphed into an English language. Uh, at the time of the text, Be Thou My Vision being written, the language that was being used in that area would be the Old Irish. Uh, so that was their language there. So that language was not our language. It wasn't English, so it would have to be translated. So for us English-speaking people, the original Old Irish text uh, would be very hard to read, and we would need it to be translated into English for us. Now, the translation of this hymn into English was done by Mary uh, Brine. Uh, Mary was born in 1880 in Dublin, Ireland. My, uh, Mary graduated from the University of Dublin and then worked as a researcher and writer for the Intermediate Education Board. Uh, Mary spent a lot of time working and researching the old languages of, of the Irish people there. Uh, she helped to write the Old to Mid-Irish Dictionary along with the 
current um, Irish, current of that time, Irish language dictionary. Uh, that all must have prepared her uh, and helped her in being able to serve God in a way of translating this hymn text into the English language for millions of people to use over the next hundred years or so. Uh, the first appearance of this translated form of Be Thou My Vision was in a book in 1905. I believe it was a poem book uh, in 1905. After the translation of the original poem into English, it was then put into verse form. Uh, so it would be laid out uh, in the verses like you would see it today. So the versifying of Be my, Thou My Vision, uh, the, the hymn was originally written as a poem, as we discussed, and not a song. And sometimes that works really well for songs, uh, but other times it would need changed a little bit to put it into a form that would be able to be used uh, for music. This hymn was versified by Eleanor Hull, uh, and she was born in 1860 in Manchester, England. Now, Eleanor uh, also worked in a profession that spent much time working with languages, and specifically the Irish and English languages. Uh, so that just kind of fits perfect for her being used by God in this area. Uh, Eleanor's versified version of Be Thou My Vision first appeared in a poem book in 1912. And this, so this would be seven years after the translation was done by Mary. Uh, now I want to take just a, a minute here and look at the background of the music that was used, or that is used for Be Thou My Vision. Uh, this tune used is, for this hymn is an old Irish tune. I believe it says Irish melody there in the hymn book. This tune was published in a book by Patrick Joyce in 1909. And this tune was not originally written to be used with Be Thou My Vision. Uh, so the tune wasn't, no one sat down to write this music to this hymn. It was put together later. Uh, the first time this tune was put with this hymn was in an Irish church hymnal in 1919. Uh, other people have added in harmony parts. It's believed that that Irish tune just had a melody. Uh, and other people have added in harmony parts over the years. So in some hymnals you might see other names written down there. And those people would be the people that had added harmony parts to it along the way. So that pretty much covers the history of the hymn. Uh, hopefully I didn't bore you too much. I find that stuff kind of fun to look at and, and to learn. Uh, but now we want to look at the spiritual meaning of this hymn. So we'll look at the first verse of the hymn again. I'll read that to you. It says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art, thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Now, the very first line shows the importance of making God your focus and making God the Lord of your life. So go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 84, verse 2. Psalms chapter 84, verse 2, it says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out 
for the living God. Uh, that's, that's desire there. That's longing for God. Uh, go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 86. Uh, look at verse 11 and 12 there. Psalms 86, 11 and 12. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Uh, our heart needs to be desiring and longing for God. Now, I know everyone here will agree with the idea of God being your focus, uh, but do we really make him our focus, though? I know we know that's the right thing to do. I know we want to do that, but do we really do it? Is it just something that we talk about, or is it something that we actually make happen every single day? Uh, when we make plans, are we focused on God while making those plans? Or do we just focus on the details of the plan and not really concern ourselves where God fits in on, in the picture? Is there ever a time that it's okay for God not to be our focus? Uh, I don't think so. If God truly is Lord of your heart, then in everything you do, God will be your focus. Uh, now, I want you to think back to when you first fell in love. Uh, that, that may be a long time ago, may not be that long ago, but think back to when you first fell in love. Everything you did, your focus was on the one you loved. Every single thing you did. When you woke up in the morning and you were eating your Lucky Charms, what were you thinking about? Your your first love there, your true love, right? When you were choosing out your clothes to wear, what were you thinking about? Uh, I want to look good today. I, I, you know, I'm going to go see my true love and I just want to look good. So you'd pick out something you think they would like. Uh, everything you did while you were uh, in school, if that was that time, or at work, you were thinking about your love. Uh, while you were driving, you'd be thinking about your love, right? Everything you did, uh, all you ever did was think about and focus on your true love. So you still did the things that you were responsible to do. Uh, you had your focus while you were doing those things on your true love the whole time. Uh, this is how our relationship with God should be. We should be focused on God no matter what we're doing. So while we're eating our lucky charms in the morning, we should be focusing on God. We should be thinking about God. We should be wondering what God wants us to do. We could be praying to God and thinking about uh, what we have to do that day and how God is going to play a role in everything we do. Uh, same with while we're driving or working or whatever we're doing. We can be thinking on and focusing on God. We should be in love with God so much that we can't help but think about and focus on God all the time. Just like when we first fell in love and we couldn't stop thinking about our you know, first love there. That's how it should be every single day with God. We should love God so much that we can't help but think about God. Uh, in Genesis chapter 6, we have Noah and the flood. Now, why was it that Noah was picked to be the one to make the ark and survive the flood. Anybody have an idea? Why was it that Noah was picked? Yep. Yep, yep. Well, why was it that Noah was considered to be just? Uh, why was he the only man that was uh, close to God and able to be picked? Why do you think that is? That, that's right. Uh, Genesis... 6, 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect. That's why he was able to be picked by God. Uh, and it says it, it, he was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. 
Noah walked with God. Noah was with God. Yeah, you have some. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, um, so Noah, along with what you're saying, Noah was with God and focused on God, and his, his family stayed right with God, and that en- enabled him to be uh, right with God and able to be picked. And it's because Noah stayed focused on God. Uh, Genesis 6-9 that I read to you, it says in the end there that Noah walked with God. Uh, Noah was able to be used by God, and more importantly, Noah was able to stay right with God because he stayed focused on God throughout all of that. Uh, you don't walk with God and not stay focused on Him. Uh, in everything Noah did, Noah stayed focused on God. Uh, this first verse of this song has a phrase that says, Thou my best thought. Uh, again, we need to keep God on our minds. I know we all have things that we enjoy. I have things that I enjoy. Some people might like watching sports. Uh, I, I watch a little bit now and then, uh, you know, especially if a team I like is winning, I might watch a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, I have other things I like. I, I love food. Uh, I can think about food all day long. Uh, I, I think about what I'm eating next. I, while I'm eating the thing I'm eating right now, I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat next. You know, it's just, I love food, you know. Uh, so, I could think about food all day long. So you, we could think about our families. We love families. Some people love cars. You could think about cars all day long. Uh, the only thing I think about cars is I hope it just doesn't break. That's, that's my thought about cars. Uh, I do like cars, uh, but my biggest concern is just please don't break, you know. Uh, but we could think about things we enjoy like vacations. Uh, we could think about all these things, and none of them are wrong. None of those are sinful. Well, maybe if I think about food that much, it might be a little bit sinful. But, uh, you know, none of these things are really sinful. Uh, out of all these things that we can think of, all these good things uh, that we can think of, there is nothing better that we can think of than God. God is our best thought that we could ever have. Uh, Romans 8, 5, and 6, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We know that we need to keep our minds constantly and actively on the things of God. Isaiah 26.3 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Our lives will be nothing but better if we keep our minds on God all day long and all night long as well. Let's look at the second verse of this hymn. It says, Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, I thy true Son. Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee, one. God is full of wisdom, and we have access to that wisdom in this book that he wrote for us, and he wrote to us. God's wisdom is in his word. Uh, God's wisdom is in the Bible. God spent 1,600 years writing this Bible. 
he preserved it starting 3,500 years ago. Uh, the Bible is just that important that God would do all that for us. God wanted us to read his wisdom and, and gain from his wisdom. He preserved the Bible for us for that reason. I think we all know this and we all know how important the Bible is. But again, do we show that with our actions? Uh, going back to when you first fell in love again, I got love on my mind today. Uh, what do you did you do with the very first note that your true love wrote you? Uh, I would assume most of us uh, fell in love long enough ago that we weren't uh, emailing each other that we fell in love and all that kind of stuff. We actually probably wrote it out. You know, uh, but what'd you do with that note? You probably read it a thousand times per day, right? You memorized it. Uh, you could close your eyes and see it in your mind because you looked at it so much. You had every punctuation mark memorized of that love note from your first true love. Uh, this is how much we should be in love with the Word of God. Uh, the Bible is so precious. There, there are, uh, you can watch videos out there of people, I was at a meeting uh, sometime earlier this year, and uh, there was a guy there that worked for a ministry that they translate the Bible to other languages, and he showed a video of this new Bible in a new language, and they had a pallet of these Bibles, uh, or boxes of these Bibles, I don't know if it was a whole pallet, but they had a boxes of these Bibles, and they went to this church, and they were handing them out, and these people got the Bible in their language for the very first time, and, and they were running up there to get a Bible. And they were grabbing the Bible and they were hugging it and they were crying and they were yelling and they were excited. And these people would only get one Bible for the whole household, for the whole family. But they were just so excited over this Bible. They loved the Bible so much. If we loved the Bible that much, we would be in the Bible every single day. Uh, we wouldn't need to hope that we find time sometime today to read it. Uh, just like that love letter from your true love, you wouldn't let one day go by where you don't read it. This verse also has the phrase, I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Now that's, that's a wonderful line. Uh, we can be with God forever. Uh, I see in this line the first the desire of the writer that they want to be with God every single day. Uh, they don't ever want to spend time away from God. I also see the fact that we cannot be separated from God once we are one of His children. I know that, uh, we know that access to God comes only through Jesus Christ the Savior. And there has to be a time in our lives when we personally accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life and asked Him to save us from our sins. Uh, and if you've done that, then you are one of God's children. And once you are one of God's children, you cannot be removed from God's family. Uh, John 10, 28 and 29, uh, pretty familiar verses. It says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. No one can take your salvation away. Uh, no one. Not even yourself can take your salvation away. Once we are a child of God, we are sealed forever, and no one can break that seal. Uh, Ephesians 4.30, it ends with, Ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Uh, our, our salvation is forever, and we can forever be with God because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Uh, now let's take a look at the third verse of this hymn. 
It says, Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou my inheritance, and now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. The third verse here talks about riches and what we treasure and what we desire. Uh, Luke twelve thirty four. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what do we treasure? What do we really desire? If we were to write a secret list of our desires that nobody else would ever see, what would we write down? Uh, we th- just this week we watched we were watching some old Christmas movies from like the 90s. Uh, that's old to us. So. <laughs> but uh, so we were watching these movies from the 90s, and uh, one of them is uh, uh, called Christmas List. And this lady she goes and she writes a Christmas list that nobody is supposed to see, and it's stuff that she would never tell people that she wants. You know, like a brand new car and and and, and you know all the, the money and and whatever else. I can't remember everything on her list, but she wrote all these things that. That she really desired but never really wanted to tell anybody because uh, she didn't want them to think of her uh, badly. Uh, so if we were to write down a secret list, what would make it on our list? What, what would we write down? Does God make it on our list? Uh, how many things come to our mind for this list and desires uh, that do not actually involve God? Does God, God needs to be and deserves to be our first desire. And our biggest desire, and really our only true desire. We should desire God so much that besides Him, none of the other things really even matter all that much. Uh, this verse talks about the desires of the world, riches and praise of man. You could say it uh, in the way that it said today, fame and fortune is what the world desires. Uh, this is all the world really cares about. And really even some Christians, not just the lost world, but Christians uh, desire those things too. Uh, What do you think social media is is all about? It's about showcasing yourself, right? Uh, It's about showing other people all the amazing things you did or or whatever. It's to get recognition for yourself. Uh, Now, it can be used for good, but that's the majority of what it's used for. Uh, it's also used to gain followers to start making money. Now, most of us in here probably don't really think about that too much uh, because we have, what, probably a couple hundred people on there, right? You know, we're not in the millions like these other people. Uh, but there are over 200 million people that claim to be uh, an online digital creator. And basically that just means that you make stuff for social media and it gets popular and you make money for it. And, and the goal of this is to make money. Uh, not for every single person that does that, but for the majority. And, and right now in our youth, one out of four of the youth plan to become an online digital creator. That's their goal in life. That's what they want to do. Uh, and again, not all digital creators are greedy and, and just want to make money. Uh, sometimes uh, these people do it for good and spread uh, the word of God and that kind of thing. So it's not always bad. But the majority of people doing this desire to be and are aiming to be famous and to be rich. Uh, how do we know if we're desiring the things of the world too much, this uh, fame and fortune or other things of the world? Well, I have a couple questions uh, that you can answer to yourself that will help you determine how high on your list uh, the desires and treasures of the world are. Uh, so first, and again, answer to yourself, uh, if you 
would make less money but be closer to God, would you do it? If you would make less money but be closer to God, would you do it? Uh, if you would have less free time but you could serve God more, would you do it? I think these two questions will let us know uh, where our treasure is, how high on the list God is and how high on the list the things of the world are. Uh, if you said yes then to both of these, then your treasure is God. Uh, but if you said no or if you hesitate, if you said, I'm not sure, uh, I, I don't know how that's going to work out in my life, uh, then maybe we need to check our heart a little bit and check uh, where God falls on our list. Uh, also, I want you to remember, if you said yes to both of those questions, remember that next time there's a opportunity to serve God, that you are willing to do that no matter what. Now let's take a look at the fourth verse here of this hymn. It says, High King of Heaven, my victory won, may I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. This verse talks mostly about God being king and ruler of your life. And I hope he is. But there's a phrase that I want to look at for a minute. And that phrase is, whatever befall. Uh, when we sing this song, do we actually mean it? Do we really mean what this phrase says, whatever befall? It's easy, I think, it's easy to do the right thing when everything's going right. I think when, when life is perfect, or at least close to it, uh, when things are going well, I think it's easy to come to church. It, it's easy to be here. Uh, it's easy to do the things of God and do the right thing when everything's going right and everything's okay and there's, there's no, no big uh, thing going on in our life that's, that's holding us back. It's easier to do the right thing when everything's going right. But what about when things are not so perfect? Uh, pastors preaching on Job on Sunday mornings, and Job had a wonderful life. And Satan said that Job only loves God so much because his life is perfect. Uh, but Satan said that if Job's life wasn't so perfect anymore, Job would just leave God. But Job did not. Job kept God as his treasure. Uh, what would we do if our life got tough, or in some cases, tougher? Uh, what would we do if we had some terrible thing going on in our life? Would we still have God as our treasure? Uh, I, I think of Paul. Now, what if we were Paul? What if we were on trial? Would we still put God first? Uh, what if we were in prison? Would we still put God first? What if we were beaten or lost at sea or stoned or robbed or, or starving to death? Uh, would God still be put first? Uh, would God still be our vision no matter what? Uh, we have to make the decision to put God first and to stay close to God and treasure God and make God our vision. We have to make that decision now. And, and then we need to purpose in our heart not let anything change that. Now, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but there's actually a fifth verse to this song. And most hymnals do not uh, include this fifth verse, uh, but it goes like this. Uh, be thou my breastplate, my sword for the fight. Be thou my armor, and be thou my might. Thou my soul's shelter, and thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. 
Now, I think those are some powerful words there. Uh, this verse uh, in this song are perfect to start the new year with. Uh, we need to have a vision for the new year. We need to have vision for 24. Uh, Proverbs 19, or sorry, Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." Uh, vision is important. We need to have a goal, something that we're aiming for, something we're working towards. And this goal, this vision, needs to be the vision that God has for us or we will fail. We need to be people of vision this year. Uh, We cannot be people that are blindly or aimlessly wandering around through the next year. Uh, We cannot even be just trying to get through it or trying to get by or trying to catch up all year long. Uh, In the business world, uh, they evaluate the vision of a business uh, by determining if the people there are busy putting out fires or busy preventing fires. Now, this study was actually done at Shears when I was an employee there, and they hired this outside company to come in. And They could have just asked me. I would have told them, but they wanted to hire this big company to come in and interview every single one of the employees. And they were asking them questions that revolved around this very thing. And the, the last thing they asked me was, uh, do you feel like you're putting out fires all night long? They were trying to determine if we're you know, behind, if, we're, if we didn't look ahead and, and get things done ahead for what's coming up, or if we're trying to fix things in the past the whole time that already happened. Uh, they're trying to see if we had vision during our shift. Uh, we need to have such clear vision for the next year that we are busy preparing for and not trying to catch up for things at the last minute. The best way to do this is to make God your vision. Uh, your goal should be to be as close to God as you can and to do the things of God as often as you can. If you do this, God will be leading you and you will find that you are preparing ahead of time and not scrambling at the last minute or fixing things that already happened. Uh, we cannot afford to be scrambling at the last minute this year. Uh, it's important that we have a clear vision and we're working towards accomplishing the things involved in that vision so that we can be successful in reaching the loss this year and we can be successful in helping each other grow this year. The fifth verse of this song is a verse of being willing to go into battle and to have God as as the one that's going to fight for you and with you. Uh, we're going into an intense battle in 24. Uh, the battle to reach the lost is even more intense as the clock is running out and the world turns darker. And we need to be uh, doing everything that we can to be able to reach the lost. And we need to be willing and ready to go into battle. The last part of that fifth verse says that God is our power. Uh, we don't need to worry about our own ability to fight in this battle. Because God is able to do it through us uh, if we let him do it. So as we go into this new year, we need to make sure that God is our vision. And we have God's plan as our plan. We need to make sure that we are continually keeping our eyes and our focus on God for 2024.